NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. This is the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey is more than a game. It's a lifestyle. It's you, the diehard supportive fans, your favorite players who are on the team you cheer for and the organization who supports them. The companies that make your gear, bags, and beer league sweaters. The hockey moms and hockey dads and everything else that makes this house of hockey your home come on in i'm breezy and i'm ray ray and, and this, this is, is our house. house grab your peanuts and popcorn baseball is back that's right teams will be getting back out on the diamond this week last year's season sure was different but that doesn't mean it lacked any excitement and this year is poised to be even better DraftKings is the leader in one-day fantasy sports, putting you on the field with a free shot at a share of millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy baseball is easy to play. Just pick 10 players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and more. There's no better way to put your baseball knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars throughout the week. But if baseball isn't for you, don't worry. DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action for this week's tournament. With millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs this week, there is no better place to have skin in the game than with DraftKings. Download DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN. That's THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network to get a free shot at your share of millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's promo code THPN. It's THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network to get a free shot at a share of millions of dollars with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome to the House of Hockey Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Ray Ray. And I'm your other host, Breezy. And you are listening to episode 55, and we have a really great guest this week, NHL wife Janelle Felino. Her husband is Nick Felino, and he plays for the Columbus Blue Jackets. He's the captain, and he's also got a brother in the league, and they have been married for a long time. They met at like 18 years old, the Janelle and Nick, and they have three kids, and they have a foundation, and she's an author of a children's book, and so many great things. Yeah, very great things about uh, Janelle and Nick are going to be said later uh, in this episode. But before we get to that, mm-hmm. I think we should uh, do a little bit of a pre-episode. What do you think? I think we should. I think we should. I would just like to get some quick reactions from you and I on okay. where the divisions with the lead, division leaders stand as of... Mm-hmm. This is as of Saturday, March 27th. That's when we're recording this. So <laughs> I thought since we're basically a, like we're 
basically over the halfway point of, of games. Yeah, I think we are actually. Yeah. And I thought, well, this let's just take a little look-see here. And the Central Division, the Tampa Bay Lightning are at the top. I'm not surprised by this. They've definitely returned to the top of the standings. But this doesn't totally shock me. I think they're still a pretty solid team from from previous years. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I'm not too surprised by it. I feel like there's other teams that may uh, deserve to have that top spot over the Lightning. No offense to the Lightning at all, but um, not surprised. But we'll see how uh, the next couple weeks turn out. Exactly. Now, over in the East division we have the washington capitals as the leaders but right behind are the new york islanders and the pittsburgh penguins which at the beginning of the season the penguins were not looking so so hot and i'm not really surprised though that the capitals are at the top of the division um but i still think this is could could go either way but i Actually, no, I, I lied. I think the Capitals will stay at the top of the division. <laughs> I think the Islanders are going to come up and uh, take that number one spot here soon. Matt, my boy Matt's going to gonna bring them to the top? Yeah, your boy Matt's going go to the, go to the top just for you. <laughs> Barzy, bring it, baby. <laughs> All right. Oh, <laughs> if you're listening, hey-o. Uh, the West Division... The Golden Knights are are leading the division, which I am surprised by this. The Wild are also third in this division, which they've had a really great last couple of games. And mm. this is where your Kings are. So how do you feel about that? Um, I'm feeling pretty good. I think the Kings actually could pull something out of their sleeve. And I think that they could squeeze in uh, to a playoff position. Hmm. Are you surprised by the Knights it. being in the in the top? Above no. like the Avs and the Blues? No, I mean I feel like I feel like the Blues um I mean they're a great team, don't get me wrong, and I feel like the Avs are also a great team, but I just think that they don't quite have it quite there to win the cup this year. Um I don't necessarily think the Kings have it to win the cup either, but I do think that it's going to be a, a nice little playoff race coming up here uh down the pipes uh i don't think the knights deserve to be number one i think that but that's just probably me being a little bit biased i guess but um uh, i don't know this this division's weird it's it's a little cutthroat it's a little you got some really heavy hitters that are in there so um we'll see we'll see what happens but i think the kings could could squeak their way up there yeah and in the north we have the maple leafs at the top followed by the jets and the oilers i mean i'm surprised that they're still up in the, up in the top i'm not not 100 yeah nope they deserve to be up there they've been doing really well i think that they are going to make a roster move <gasps> and if they bring in the person i think they could potentially bring in uh, I told my dad the other day, I was like, if they bring in this guy, I think that they're probably going to win the cup. Well, who's this guy? Well, there's talks that they could be bringing in uh, Matthias Ekholm from the Nashville Predators. And Ekholm brings in a whole lot of 
energy. He's a good line mate. He's got a huge locker room presence. He's a veteran guy. I think he's going to mesh really well with the team. Uh, and I think if they can pull it off, unfortunately for the Preds, it, it would be a huge loss. But um, the Preds need to do something to to shake up that that line, which the Preds, they just played a game. They, they got seven goals. And um, what's his name? Drawing a blank. Rocco Grimaldi had four goals that game. And they said it was the fastest hat trick that they've ever had in predators history so i was like what was the fastest hat trick in nhl history and i think i want to say it happened within 17 seconds by someone on the blackhawks yes that is true i can't remember who it was but somebody told me that during my also told me that during my live stream on view oh uh, when we were talking about natural hat tricks Yes. And it is a Blackhawk, and I don't remember who it was. I should have committed that to memory. <laughs> you should have. I should have burned. No. should have burned. I don't, it. No. You should have burned that in your head. But hey, <laughs> yeah, you got to remember this trivia. <laughs> oh, my God. That's pretty intense. That's a really yeah. cool accomplishment. Who are they playing that he got that hattie on? They were playing the Detroit Red Wings. Oh, okay. But hey, it, it doesn't yeah. matter against who. You know, Araka's had a, a tough last couple weeks couple months actually so he deserved it i was super excited for him and it was exciting and i was so excited to read that trivia fact <laughs> to tell you but that wasn't my exciting thing i was gonna tell oh you, i was gonna that say that better not be the, that better not be the exciting thing that you wanted no to it's tell. it's not it's not okay tell me now <laughs> tell me now okay so uh i'm sure every team does this but i get notifications for like um what are like uh what do they call them you bid on stuff from for like what are those called like silent know, auctions charity kind of like yeah silent auctions for charity and whatnot so i have the kings and i have the preds obviously so i never win i mean i've won a couple things before but i was like i never win anything like i'm just gonna like and if i'm not gonna win it like i'm just gonna bump this up so someone has to pay an arm and a leg to like get what they're gonna want right because i'm that person because i I really want stuff sometimes. Yeah. So I was like, huh, well, I'll log on, see what's here. And they had a couple items. And I was like, oh, I'll just bid on a couple items. And I was like, maybe I shouldn't bid on everything. Like, that's probably bad. I was like, I'm not going to win anyway. So it's fine. There's like 10 minutes. Or no, there was like, no, there was like two hours left on the auction. So I was like, nah, someone's going to squeak in here, blah, blah, blah. And then I forgot about it. Uh-oh. Till the next morning. I won two of the items. <laughs> oh, shit. And I was like, hmm. awesome. So I won a Roman Yossi banner. <laughs> of course you did. Of course I did. I, I guess I'll put it over my bed. I don't know where I'm going to put this banner. I don't even know how big it is. Oh, my God. Probably big. And then I also won a Roman Yossi signed score sheet, which is awesome. <gasps> okay, that's cool. That's collector's item for sure. Yeah. And I already know what I'm going to do. But uh, yeah, so I, I won both items unintentionally because I didn't think I was going to win them. And I was like, well, happy early birthday to myself. I just spent an arm and a leg on. <laughs> Let me know. I'll Venmo you for one of them. And that'll be no. my gift from me <laughs> to you. And then I'll know that I know you like it. I know you got something you wanted. <laughs> got something i wanted i just i was like this would happen to me 
This oh really would happen. God. Oh my god. <laughs> so note god. to self, even if you think you're not gonna win, don't go balls to the wall and bid on everything because you might just win everything you bid on. I hope this and banner is like the banner that's outside of Bridgestone and it's like a thousand feet tall and you have to like nail it to the back of your house in the yard or something. I mean, it's funny though, because I think it might be the one that they put like on the pillars on the inside of Bridgestone because they, they've had right. a few of those up, but like, I don't know which banner it is. And I obviously they're like, yeah, she'll email you tomorrow with like details on where you can get it and like pick it up or get it shipped. And I was like, if this thing, I have to ship it, obviously, like, right. unfortunately, I'm not there. And I was like, watch, it's going to cost me like $500 to ship this 500 foot banner. <laughs> I don't think it's that big, but. Well, we're going to need an update when okay. you get it. We're going to need to see this and we're going to need mm -hmm. to know how big it is. So don't forget. I have not bid on any thing. I've never, I've never, I've never, no, I have no signed memorabilia of any kind. Hmm. Of the Blackhawks, of the Blackhawks. Yeah. I have a San Jose Sharks jersey in the trunk of my car still that is autographed. Oh you better go get that out before someone listens is going to go find your house and your car. <laughs> They're not. I live in the woods now. Um, no one can find me. But the, <laughs> I don't even remember who's on it. It's from when I was like a little kid. Not like a little kid, but when it probably early to mid 90s and my dad like bought it at some charity auction or something and mm -hmm. um i have it like it, it's like been in a box in part of my move so but i don't know like it, i feel like i can't frame that and put that up like we're still building our recording studio at the house um and so i'm gonna put up my hockey stuff but mm -hmm. I can't have a ton of Blackhawk stuff and then there's just this random San Jose Sharks autograph jersey. Like, that seems... Yeah, you can. I don't know. I think you should. I have two jerseys hanging on my wall. You just need to get those, like, shadow boxes and put yeah. it in there and it would look super sick. All right. All right. I think you and then we'll, like, I'll put it, like, I'll put it behind my head and then just frame Blackhawk stuff all around Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then people are gonna be like why do you have this weird san jose sharks thing are you a sharks fan i'll be like no it's just i have this weird thing just this weird thing i was trying to think of what's in the trunk of my car oh i uh so i didn't i'm just borrowing it i didn't steal it and i didn't take it to keep it i'm just borrowing it hmm. it's a uh a bevmo little uh handheld cart thingy yeah. have you a seen basket? this it's, yeah it's broken so it's not like they're like missing it but like it was it ended up in the trunk of my car somehow mm -hmm. and it has a bunch of stuff in there uh, uh from when i cleaned out my desk at the at the office but what's in what's in your trunk not your oh. trunk, like our listeners trunk oh right what's in your trunk <laughs> what's in your trunk 
Joining us this week is Janelle Felino. She is the captain at home, and her husband Nick Felino is the captain on the ice for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Janelle joins us to talk all about her life and Nick's life and their kids and what it's really like during the hockey season. And Janelle is also an author. She has written a book called Dear Heart, A Letter to My Special Heart, which has an incredible story behind this children's book. So you'll hear that. And her and Nick also run the Hearts Playbook Foundation. Please enjoy this conversation with the captain at home, Janelle Felino. Let's just start with where you're at today. You have a busy day of getting kids and your life together when, you know, before Nick goes on a road trip. So tell us like what that life is like for you um, in the middle of hockey season with three kids. (laughs) Yeah, I think um, just with the last year, things being a little bit on a standstill, I got used to having a second head set of hands um, for a little too long. And so when hockey started back up in January, it was like, okay, I kept telling like my family members I have to pull up my big girl pants and like get back on my routine because beforehand there were, I mean, it's been, we've been married 10 years and our daughter is almost eight. So we've had kids for a lot of the time. And so I feel like I've just been so used to the routine of the hockey season and I put my head down and it's like go time. But now with the break that was that long and having him home full time, um, he's been so helpful, which has been great. But at the same time, it got me off my game in a sense. So um, yeah. And the schedule in the beginning was having him home a little bit more, but now the road trips are picking up. So yeah, he left yesterday for an eight day road trip. So you're right in saying that like I'm picking up the pieces today. I'm like, okay, who needs to be where, what time? Um, and so just kind of gathering myself with that a little bit, but it's, it's good. It's, it is what it is. The kids are busy, but it, it makes the time go by so much faster too, in the sense where as when I was alone, I would be counting down the days for his road trip to end. And now it's like, oh, you're already home. Perfect. <laughs> so, um, it's good. Who misses who more? kids nick like what's that dynamic when he's on the road <laughs> i think it's probably nick misses the kids the most um and we got a bigger glimpse into that when they were in the bubble over the summer um everybody would say to me and other i've heard other girls say this too where people would say to them that must be so hard for you to have the kids by yourself when he's in this bubble. But then I would always look at the other side and and say like, it's actually so hard for him too, because for him to be away that long, like, you know, as a dad, that's really tough too. So there's two sides of the coin. And um, I definitely think the kids and I have more to stay busy with where the time goes by a lot faster. Whereas for him, when he's on the road, especially now it's just hockey and hotel and that's it. So um, I think, unfortunately, he misses us more than, I mean, we miss him, of course, but it's just, it's different. Yeah. Do you have, uh, like, when he's on the road, do you have, like, a family time where you, like, watch his games and support him from afar? We do, yeah. The kids actually love to watch the games, which is great, and I never miss watching his games, and so even if the kids are sleeping, 
I definitely have it on. Um, but what's neat now that they get older too is, you know, we'll watch usually the first period when it's a seven o'clock game because their bedtime's around eight. But then in the morning, the first thing they ask when they wake up is whether they won or lost and did daddy score. And they like to watch the highlights. So it's kind of fun. So I play the recap for them while they eat breakfast before school and stuff. So um, it's nice to see them interact with it and, and be excited about it. Definitely. So take us like virtually to a Blue Jackets game. I mean, the, the arena itself looks phenomenal. I've never been. I don't know. If, Ray, have you been? No, I haven't. I was I was going to try to go. I was on a road trip and I actually drove through Columbus, but they they weren't home, I think. And I wasn't sure how the like fan situation was today. But no, I haven't been. Breezy, go ahead. Finish your question. Oh, no, that was I just want to know yeah. what it's like to be like a fan in the arena. And ha- I mean, the what is it called? What's that little cannon thing that they set off? That thing's awesome. Yeah. The cannon. <laughs> um, and do you mean like now or just in general because with let's just do in general before COVID (laughs) the arena is beautiful um I didn't know what to expect when Nick was traded from Ottawa to Columbus because we had only known Ottawa and I hadn't really been to a lot of NHL arenas in general and it really is beautiful it's in like the downtown area with lots of bars and restaurants all around and it's a newer kind of feel, obviously, because you haven't been in the league as long as some of the other teams. And um, really beautiful brick building and, and inside, they bring kind of the inside in a little bit too. And it really does have a lot of charm. And it, it's been kind of cool to see the um, evolution, I guess, of it with the fans. Like in the beginning, when we first got here, the building wouldn't be sold out but the fans were always like diehard fans, which has been really cool. And so now they'll sell out, you know, free COVID of course, but they'll sell out. And I, we always say like, they're some of the best fans in the NHL because they're just so loud and they stand up. Like that was something I had to get used to because they, they, they're like all football fans too. So they stand up for most of the game. So you have to like get ready to be standing for so much of the game, especially in the playoffs, which is kind of fun. Um, so no high heels to those games then. Yeah, I learned that the hard <laughs> way in the playoffs. I was like, I cannot use your standing if you want to have to see anything. So oh my God. it's really fun though. It's a really fun atmosphere. Cool. Yeah, they call the fans what the fifth line, right? Fifth line, yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's awesome. cool. I I think that makes the fans feel special too in their in their own way. Like they have a little part of you know the dynamic. Absolutely. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about being part of such a big and long-standing hockey family, right? Like your brother-in-law plays, Nick plays, their dad played, like your kids love watching and like seeing the highlights. Like, did you grow up around hockey? And then like, what's it like being entrenched in this hockey family? So I'm Canadian. So I definitely grew up with hockey around me. My dad and brother played um, just for fun, nothing super competitive or anything. But I used to go to my little brother's hockey games and um, that kind of thing. But other than that, I would never watch it on TV. I had never been to an NHL game. I really wasn't interested in it beyond watching my little brother. And so when Nick and I met and we started dating, I remember not long into our relationship, his mom, who was alive at the time, 
told me like, get ready. This is a big hockey family. We eat, sleep hockey. It's hockey all the time. Hockey will be on. They'll be talking about it. Um, Cause his dad was obviously he had played, but he was coaching at the time as well. So it was still super ingrained in the family. And so I never forgot that because I felt like she was trying to prepare me for, you know, it's not like just hockey sometimes it's hockey always. So, um, but it's really cool because I like to see how passionate they are about it. They really love the game and they really are so knowledgeable about it. And I feel like I'm still learning so much from them and um, just being able to see them play out their passion has been really cool and cheering on my brother-in-law and my father-in-law following him through his career and coaching and stuff. And he's still involved with hockey. He's with hockey Canada. Um, so it's just really cool to see. And then now to see the kids come up and start to understand it, they start to know that no, no used to play hockey and uncle moose, we call him uncle moose, uncle Marcus um, <laughs> plays for a different team and dad. And so they just really love it. And, we don't know, obviously. I mean, my son, my middle son plays right now, but Nick's just like, I just want them to love it. I really don't want them to feel any pressure with being in this hockey family. So they do love it. So step one is accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an 0-4, right? So what's it like when Marcus comes to town with that sibling rivalry? I mean, do you guys hang out? Do you have dinner beforehand and then just gloves are off on the ice or what's that kind of like? Yeah, Marcus's first ever NHL game was against Nick, which was so cool. Oh. Nick was playing in Ottawa at the time. And when we found out that Marcus was being called up to play his first game, we got a suite and we had a bunch of family members and friends come into town. And it's always so funny because you're you don't really know who to cheer for and they anyways we always say like I'm always like I love you but I'm obviously going to cheer for Nick and we cheer for them individually too at the same time but Nick said it's just a weird dynamic because I think he was present when if I'm not mistaken he was present when um, Marcus scored his first goal or if it wasn't his first he's seen him score and he's like you you don't want to react because you're like happy for him but you're like I'm playing against him. So, you know, hard to keep a, a stone face, but um, we do, we have him over when, when he's in town this year, we get a little break of it because they're not in the same division. So they won't play against each other, which is kind of nice in a sense, because it's always hard for them to play against each other. They find, so um, we definitely cheer for him, but when they're playing against each other, you're like, you want the one up obviously to have the bragging rights too. Right. Like exactly. a Christmas or Thanksgiving, you know, you get to like throw elbows and, and, yeah, talk. And, I, and I'm pretty sure they make bets and, you know, they have the whole thing going and steak dinner at the end of the season type thing, whoever wins, but uh, it, it's a fun rivalry and they make the most of it. And they're just, they're both so proud of each other. Yeah. Do you have any, um, like, what's your opinion currently now about hockey since you were telling us a little bit about your your history of like not necessarily growing up like a diehard NHL fan or anything like that like do you enjoy it do you like watching um like what how do you feel about the sport in general I love it I am really invested in it now and now yes. I'm like a little bit of a crazy fan yes welcome to the club Janelle <laughs> but 
there are still so many things that I don't understand, which I'm like, he's been playing for so long. How do I not have these down? So I'm constantly like either asking my dad or my father-in-law, what happened there? And why is that called this? Uh, so I feel like I still have a lot to learn, but I love it. And obviously I'm his biggest cheerleader and I don't actually mind watching the other games when he will watch them. Uh, so I've definitely involved as a hockey fan and, really enjoy it now and I'm sure I'm going to be like the crazy hockey mom on the sidelines once the boys start a little bit more competitively and stuff but I wouldn't have it any other way well it's funny because the the rules change so much and like sometimes like there's different words that are used and I'm just like what does that even mean but I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of everything but sometimes I'm just like what the heck is that I know. I'm embarrassed to say, though, that offside took me a very long time to grasp. So I, I've got the offside down now, but a lot of these um, callbacks and different calls and stuff like that sometimes. Yeah. Really what confuses but, me the most is where they pick like the face off circles. It's like, how did, how? Yeah. That makes no sense to me. Yeah. It just seems like it's like eh, wherever we feel like. Obviously, there's a method to it, but it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't seem like it in my eyes exactly yeah <laughs> that's why i like i like watching the games on tv and hearing the announcers too right because like yeah. then you you can learn even more if they're good announcers right and like good play-by-play -play and they're like if they describe it really well what's going on you can learn so much i learn. i'm still learning too so you're not alone in this like <laughs> there's so much going on in the game and weird plays happen all the time so yeah i agree um i when Nick was in Ottawa, there were a few season ticket holders that would sit around my seats that were older gentlemen and they had earphones in. And I used to say, why would they want to listen to something while they're watching the game? And then somebody explained to me, they're actually listening to the radio play by play so that they can know, like you said, even more of what's going on and get their questions answered. And I was like, that's actually really smart. Oh yeah. I have an aunt who does that for football games. <laughs> She's like super diehard and she would wear the radio earphones, but we were always going, what'd they say? Who's injured? Yeah. What injured? What happened? Are they coming back? You know, cause they don't say that, like the PA guys don't say that, you know, in the arena. So I, I get it. I get it. That's what I do too. When I'm watching live and something happens, I'm like texting my parents cause I know they're watching. Right. And I'm like, what are they saying on TV? <laughs> well, they're actually ahead of the game. I love it. I love it. Do you find that there are any misconceptions with NHL wives or girlfriends? Or is there something that's like really not true? Or maybe something that surprised you when you, you know, came into the that circle of, of women in this sport in a, in a positive way? It could be in a positive way, of course. Something that surprised me when you said that, that I thought of first is um, I had a, I had misconceptions, I think, about hockey wives. I was super intimidated coming into it. Um, Nick's cousin was married to one of the players on his team. And so she kind of brought me in. And I was really nervous at the time thinking, you know, these women are just going to be really intimidating. And I don't think they're going to be very nice. And they're at a different level than I am and all that stuff. And I, the surprise was just like a pleasant surprise of we're all like family. It's like, as soon as somebody new comes in, you get embraced and it's, and it's very much like we're all in it together. We're our own little hockey family. It's like 
instant friendship um, and sisterhood. And sometimes you're only with the people for two to three months if there's a trade or whatnot, but you still feel like it's been even longer because it's just like such a quick transition. So that was something I was really pleasantly surprised with. And then as far as misconceptions, I once I was, uh, the first time I was asked, I've been asked several times, but I was asked um, if we travel with the team. I think a lot of people think that, and I think because of baseball too, I believe some baseball families do this because of the schedule more so, but. Right, because um, it's a summer and like they can take the kids and stuff. And they're gone for so many games at a time. And so that I get asked quite a bit if we travel with them. So I think people think that and, and no, it's a lot easier actually to not travel with them because we wouldn't, it's not like we would go there and stay with them. You know, it's, they're there to work. So it's, they're separated and they're working. So no, we, we stay back obviously and hold down the fort at home. But so that was probably one of the misconceptions I can think of. But um, I think people think too, that it's just like this really, glamorous lifestyle and don't get me wrong we feel very blessed to be in the position that we are and and have things that we have but um the behind the scenes is is a lot like they are the guys are gone a lot a lot falls on us and not that we complain which i, I don't at all i'm very happy to be the cheerleader behind the scenes and get everything done so that he can do his job but um i think sometimes people don't necessarily see that and it's not to their fault how would they know um but so that's just i guess what i would say is there's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes than what people might think maybe i have to agree with that i mean i think people we talked to uh, carly zucker not that long ago and she said kind of the same exact thing like there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that not a, a lot of people you know understand or even think about so it's it's good to to hear it and to to be able to put it out there too um on game days what is the routine like is there like a fun thing that like nick and the kids do that kind of is like a good luck charm that sends them off nick isn't super um uh, superstitious so his day-to-day game stuff could could vary whereas i know he's had uh, teammates in the past and even roommates in the past that have been really, really superstitious and have had to do the same thing at the same time, every time. Um, and he's not that so thankful for me because with the kids, when they're home and he has a game day, it's a little bit chaotic. And so I think I would feel a little bit more stressed if he had to have things a certain way. Um, so it's different because our schedule changes so much with the kids either in school or out of school, but Typically, he'll wake up with the kids in the morning and go to the rink, do his pregame stuff, come home to eat, and whatever kids are home at the time, he'll have lunch with them, and then it's nap time for everybody. <laughs> yes. yeah, not me, but I was going to say, except for perfect. you. <laughs> it's quiet time for me. It's like when the whole house shuts down um, for a couple hours and then basically gets up and goes back to the rink. So he used to tell me that he would actually pregame nap with his dad when his dad was playing, but our kids, and he would love to do that with our kids, but they just love their own space and they want to be in their own bed. And he's like so sad about it because he has those fond memories about pregame napping with his dad and, and our kids won't do that with him. So that's funny. I know. I think that would be like the one thing he would love to have, but 
unfortunately they just like to be by themselves and sleep <laughs> oh my gosh well i i was reading about how uh you and nick met um and for those who don't know i'll just read what you guys have written um boy meets girl at five years old fast forward 13 years when boy and girl start dating and then fast forward another six years when boy and girl get married so are you guys still the same like 18 year olds like how has your relationship evolved over you know nick's career moving and then we'll get into you know kids um as well it's definitely evolved a lot um sometimes we still feel like that 18 and 19 year old but then it's a good thing though right yeah yeah and then you look in the mirror and you quickly realize no (laughs) and also just these young guys coming into the league which are the same age Nick was coming into the league. And we were like, wow, we are not on that level. (laughs) Um, But it kind of, it's cool to to look back and see your journey. And we did meet when we were younger. Our families actually knew each other. And I grew up with cousins of his. And that's how we kind of crossed paths when we were younger. But then finally um, really met in a sense when we were 18 and 19 years old. And then started dating and um we have changed so much both of us in that time and it's been cool to kind of go through it together because when we first like met again when we were older he hadn't been drafted yet and so I got to see the whole process of playing in junior getting drafted going to the farm team Um, we did long distance when he played in Binghamton for the farm team of the Ottawa Senators. I was going to teachers college. There was a lot of figuring out our relationship in that time. And then I moved to Ottawa to, to work while he was playing his first few years. Then we moved in together, got married and, and then ended up in, in Columbus not long after that. And so there was a lot of moving parts and a lot of figuring out and figuring myself out too because I had a career and then after a few years moved to the United States didn't have a green card at the time or anything so I had to put all of that on hold and so I had to kind of soul search and figure out what that looks like for me and having his support along the way um it's just been it's made us stronger I think is what I can say about it um the whole process and adventure of it all just really has made us stronger as a couple. Definitely. I mean, I could see why you guys have gone through uh, through a lot together, but not only are you a hockey wife, you are an author. So can you uh, talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So um, it's funny to hear you say I'm an author because it <laughs> feel like that's what I am. It feels like I just wrote a poem and now it's a book, which is funny to think about because that's the definition of an author, but it just doesn't feel like a title that belongs to me quite yet. I think it's still so surreal, but um, our daughter, Milana, who's our firstborn, was born with a congenital heart defect. And we have had this whole journey with her and her health. And she's had two open heart surgeries and three minor surgeries. And so it's always been in the back of my mind that I would love to have resources for her as she grows up and as she starts to understand about her heart and her health. And 
the catalyst for me was a couple years ago when she had her second open heart surgery, she was now five and I knew that she was going to understand what she was about to go through. And I was searching for books that I can show her to help her and empower her. And um, I felt really anxious about her not knowing what to expect. And I couldn't really find much. We tried to prepare her as well as we could. And then when she was recovering, I like to write a lot when I'm just wanting to express my emotions. I'm more of a writer, I guess. And I just keep it to myself, like in a journal or whatnot, than I would be to communicate those feelings. And so I had written a poem to her just in the notes on my phone. And I wrote the poem in her voice as if I would like her to feel about her situation and her heart and empowering her and wanting her to feel like she is strong and that her special heart is part of her journey and look at it in a positive light rather than, you know, look at it negatively for the rest of her life because this is her reality. And so I just left it in my phone and probably like eight months to a year after Milana was taking theater classes and was going to a local art center. And at the um, art center, there were business cards and images of this local artist. And I loved her stuff so much. I took one of her cards and later that night I emailed her and I thought maybe she could put images to these words that I have from this poem that I knew I wanted to give to Milana, but I didn't quite know how. And so it just kind of clicked, like maybe she can do images. I can somehow make her a little book and present it to her. And when talking to Nick about it, he was like, well, you know, you wanted something for her, but think about how many other parents would like something like this for their child who's going through the same types of things that Milana goes through. And so we decided to, when the illustrator accepted, it was her first time doing images for a book and my first time doing a book. So we had a whole learning process together, which was fun in itself. Um, but then when we decided to self-publish, we decided to order a, a number of books that was big enough that we can try to sell them and make money to donate to a heart organization. We didn't know which at the time. And then that's when our foundation was born because we thought, well, with this money that we're raising, rather than just it being a one-time donation, why don't we try to now have our family legacy of, of this foundation and have it follow us and follow Milana and she can get involved and, and even add more to the positivity of what her health journey looks like. So that's kind of how it was born. So it was just like a snowball effect and um, it ended up working out really well. And we're really humbled by it all. And at the end of the day, we just want to try to create awareness and help as many people as we can along the way. Yeah. And it's called the Hearts Playbook Foundation, right? And then the book title is Dear Heart, Dear Heart A Letter to My Special Heart, which is just so incredible to, to put that out there. And I mean, how do you tell a kid like an open heart surgery? I'm sure she has like a big scar, right? Like in the middle of her um, chest plate, right? And, you know, when you're a little kid and you're you have other little kids going like, what is that? And, you know, I don't have that. That looks weird. You know, kids just speak their mind so freely. So to have a book and a place to help parents and kids communicate about, 
you know, these, these types of conversations in a way they can understand it is, it's really a gift what, what you guys have done. Thank you. And I think you said conversations, it's also inspired conversations with people that might not even have a heart defect because now they're understanding, like you said, they ask these questions. They don't know Milana's classmates. She was in kindergarten at the time. They didn't know what she was going through. So having this book to be able to kind of explain to them too, and, and show them that it's, it's scary, but you know, it, it's, it can be a little bit less scary if you understand it a little bit more. So that was the goal for it. And at the end of the day, we wanted it for Milana and she loves it, which is, all I ever wanted and being able to offer it to other kids is just like the cherry on top. I am super excited. I gotta, I want to read the book now, actually. I, I don't think I, <laughs> I know. I feel like we should have you read the book to us here. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I personally didn't do it, but I was contacted by a library that wanted to use our book as a read aloud. Um, so they read it and on their own time and stuff, but that was kind of neat to see. And it's just a really cool way to be able to reach reach so many people while you're still kind of quarantined. Yeah. And how, how is Milana now? She's doing great. Thank you. She's um, strong and healthy. And her last appointment, they said her heart looks the best it ever has. And so that's reassuring and she'll be followed and she'll need subsequent surgeries. And we know all that, but Right now, she's thriving. She's in second grade. She bosses her brothers around and us pretty much most of the time. And she really is just doing really well. Yeah. How did you and Nick, you know, get through that together? Because, you know, I mean, yes, this is like a hockey podcast, but I think there's so many people listening who go through really big things with either their kids or their or their family members who have some sort of you know health issue or concern and you know we're all dealing with tough emotional times now as well so you know how did you guys work through that you know we always say that going through everything that we have with our kids we've had several unfortunately several health situations with our children but each one has just made us stronger and in our values and we're both really strong in our faith and so bringing all of that together and just communicating I think that was a big part of it too because a lot of the time when you have a sick child one parent is at the hospital the other parents holding down the fort at home then you're switching and you know you don't really have that time to be as a family and so the communication aspect of it and trying just to make the most of every situation and try to find the good. Um, we're also both believers that everything happens for a reason. And so we just hold on to that and we put our heads down, we get through it, but then we kind of always make sure we debrief because I feel like dealing with it when it happens or not long after is really important because we don't want things to surface at a later time where we can't handle it. So we just really work together to do that. And we, of course we have an amazing support system and the hockey organization, the hockey family in general has been imperative to allowing us to be there for our family in those times. Um, so we're super grateful for that. And it really just shines a light on, like I said earlier, how it really is such a family. 
I think we've got to end on a on a funny or a fun story. <laughs> um, do you have any anything funny that's happened either between the brothers or, or are you like a prankster like in this hockey world? Like, um, does Nick do anything? Is anything? Fu- I mean, I know there's been a video he got pranked by I think Cam with the pizza delivery. Um, there was like a whole video on that, but like. Do you have any other fun stories or funny things that have happened that you can share? Um, that was a big one, actually, because a lot of the, the whole pizza talk starts back with like Nick was doing a lot of commercials for Papa John's pizza. And they I mean, you can probably find them online. They're hilarious. <laughs> he, I think he wants to be or in a, in a like next life or in a former life, he thought he was an actor or something, but he just loves it. <laughs> And so um, we would make fun of him a little bit for that, but they're so fun the way that they did them. But then now with Cam uh, doing this pizza prank, it goes back to a couple of years ago where Nick pranked Cam on a uh, season ticket holder phone call. And so what it was, was they had to call season ticket holders to try to get them to renew their packages and stuff. And so Nick called Cam as, or Cam called Nick thinking he was, um, this Tony guy and basically Nick ripped him being like, why, why should I renew my tickets? Like the, you're terrible is this and all this stuff. And so Cam got super flustered and he was upset. And so he got Cam really good and Cam took a couple of years to figure out what he wanted to do back. But um, he got Nick really good this time too, because he, Nick didn't see it coming and he got, he ended up getting so upset and then they, of course, they're best friends, but they were laughing their heads off and it was all in good fun. But I think just seeing that camaraderie and I'm sure like, I probably don't even know the half of it, but there are so many pranks that go on in the hotels and like these, these guys who are in their twenties and thirties probably act like they're still in the young years of mini six hockey tournaments and stuff. <laughs> And so I think that a lot of that stuff goes behind the scenes, which I probably don't get told, but um, yeah, just that. And I mean, my, some of my best memories are just with the girls and being able to watch games together when the guys are on the road or um, we've taken some little road trips close if playoff games have been close and stuff like that has been fun. Um, I feel like we need a girls trip story. I feel like we need a little bit of insight into the wives and like what that's like. Is that just like, you know, that's appropriate. That's not going to get anybody in trouble. We're not trying to get anybody in trouble. That's not what we're doing here. But like we hear so many stories of like the guys and like the dad's trips. But like I feel like the girls probably turn up like, excuse me, women We like you all probably turn up just as much if not a little bit more yeah I think I mean I personally don't have that many stories of of girls trips and stuff I think just I had kids for so much of the time that I try try to make like what you can I'm sure there are some incredible stories and I probably like you know going back to all-star breaks and stuff like that you would always try to go with couples from your team to get the same schedule and stuff and so yeah definitely there would be a lot of fun had there but um one story that stands out is when one of the years columbus was playing pittsburgh in the playoffs and it's you know two and a half hours from here so a few of us i was like eight months pregnant and 
Um, oh my god! Two of us took, we like hopped into our our my seven seater car and we drove down there. One of the girls drove because I was like so big I couldn't drive. <laughs> and um, it was a playoff game, and I remember we didn't wear jerseys or anything, but people kind of figured out quickly when we were cheering for the other team who we were, and so we got like booed, and it was it was fun because we were together and we would just laugh about it on the way home. But that was. Um, that was one that stands out for me, just being able to do stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. I mean, you know, we hear like so many stories from some of the guys, you know, about like rookie parties and wearing Speedos and, you know, obviously all all of this, only the stories they can share, which we totally understand. Um, of course. But uh, it's good to, one. go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say big one with most of the teams is Halloween parties. Usually. Yeah. Not just the girls, but the girls and guys, that's just been something that we all kind of hold on to and is so fun. And even back in the day, my mother-in-law and father-in-law, like even when he was playing, it was a big thing was the, was the Halloween party. And so it's kind of cool to see that still be a thing. And those usually are stories that cannot be told. <laughs> exactly. What was the last costume you guys went as? That you could tell us, right? What was the last costume? Um because we didn't have one obviously last Halloween. I'm trying to think the year before. Oh, I think, um, oh my gosh. The one that, the one that I remember is um, Austin Powers and like uh, one of those, not a go-go girl, what are those girls? The fembots? Yes. In the pink with the, the bullets oh, that came know, out of there? I didn't have that. Maybe I was just like a 70s or 60s, whatever time frame. I was just like a hippie and he was Austin Powers, but he, he made a really good Austin Powers. Oh, that did he funny. do like the teeth? Oh yeah. One year I made him go as um, the fitness instructor who has the big red oh, puffy hair. Um, Richard. Richard Simmons. Richard Simmons. Simmons. Yeah. yeah. And, Nick always has a beard and he hates not having a beard, but I made him shave for that. And everybody was like, we don't even recognize you, but that was a really fun costume that we did. Um, what were you to the, what were you to the Richard Simmons? Just like an eighties fitness, like. Exactly. I'm like boring with our costumes. There are so many amazing costumes that people go all out and they're always like usually the same couples every year that, that are incredible, but. Um, we're not usually them, but we try to have as much fun with it as we can. I think we probably know who her favorite hockey hunk is. But Besides I think we should husband. still ask. <laughs> yeah, who's your favorite hockey hunk? So Nick makes fun of me because um, I think Steve Eiserman is. <gasps> yes. So, yeah. yes, we have heard that and we agree. Yeah, I'm going to pick Steve Eiserman, which, you know, Nick fully knows that and he makes fun of his part, so it's okay to say. But definitely, of course, Nick's at the top. But then if I had to pick somebody other than Nick, I'd pick Steve Eiserman. And he's aged really well, too. Yeah, like Steve Eiserman now or Steve Eiserman back then, same. <laughs> agree. Same. I agree. <laughs> That's funny. And who is your favorite hockey lady? Um, could be a, anybody, a player, a wife or girlfriend. Have, like I have one of each. But I'll That's tell you then, that I can tell you like one um, woman hockey player that stands out for me is Tessa Bonham. She's now a reporter. Um, she's from my hometown and Nick 
knows her really well and she's always been a really good ambassador for the game and an incredible hockey player. She actually played at Ohio State where obviously in Columbus here. So um, I'll pick her for hockey player. And then as far as hockey lady in the hockey world, of course, all of the women that I've come in contact with have been amazing. Um, but somebody that's made a good impact um, just in general too is uh, Diana Davidson. She is wife to John Davidson, who is now with the New York Rangers, but he was here with us uh, in a president role. And she's just been through it. He was a player, then he was an announcer, and then he was on management. So she's been through it all. And she was a really good sounding board on a lot of things. And she's really involved with charities. And I love that about her. I mean, it's hard to say just one person because all I have to say, all the hockey ladies are wonderful like that, but she did stand out to me. Perfect. And the last question, Ray, do you want to take this one away? Sure. Do you have a Sidney Crosby story? Did you did you meet him at like any of the NHL awards or anything like that back when we used to I be have, able to? Yeah. Yeah, Nick, um, we've been to the awards twice now, and I believe he was there both times. And he just really is so nice and exactly like what you would expect him to be, just so professional so nice and um you can see why he's such a big name and a big ambassador for the game and just to see like what he does and you kind of are like starstruck when you see him because you're like it's the Sidney Crosby but then he just seems like so down to earth too at the same time so um yeah just overall really nice person and Nick always has such great things to say about him too Awesome. Yeah, we've only had ever, always had good stories about Sydney, just yeah. so you know. That's Which why you so much. Exactly. We'll tell everybody again uh, where they can get the book, the foundation, where they can keep up with all of your adventures on social media. Um, let us know. Thanks. Uh, we have a website, heartsplaybook.com. And that's where you can find some information on our foundation. And that's how you can buy the book. And right now we have a little stuffed animal for sale to um, Ticker, who's the character in the book. And then on social media, we are at the Hearts Playbook on Instagram. And we have Facebook, the Hearts Playbook as well. Um, no Twitter yet, but usually Nick will be posting on his personal Twitter. He'll post some stuff on the Hearts Playbook, but that's what we've got going on. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for coming over to our House of Hockey podcast and hanging out with us. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. Just look for House of Hockey podcast. We'll be back next week.